Hey, British Computer Voice, come read the Drift ad. Today's episode is brought to you by Drift Outfitters in downtown Toronto, Ontario. Drift Outfitters is your source for all things fly fishing. From waders and boots, to thread and feathers, Drift has it all. Check in on their website for their latest updates and policies regarding shopping during the pandemic. Curbside pickup for your online and phone orders is a great way to get the gear you need. And they're shipping for free across Canada on orders over 100 bucks. Visit driftoutfitters.com to learn more. You'll love it. Trust me, I'm a computer. Also, Mitch rules. Welcome to another episode of SoFly. It is the end of January, and we're recording another show uh, again. My name is Mitch, and we've got Aldo. Hello. We've got Yelma. Hello. And uh, we're super excited to uh, have two guests on the show today. Um, so we've got two introductions to make. Uh, first of all, Paul Nicoletti began his guiding career near Glacier National Park in 2013. He finished studying fisheries at the University of Montana and then moved to Alaska, where he first began to develop a love for filmmaking. Paul has worked a number of jobs in the fisheries world, from teaching AP environmental science to guiding in Alaska. He now works for the Fly Fishing Film Tour, otherwise known as F3T. Um, and we've got Nick Jones, our other guest on the show today, who grew up in Minnesota and got into fly fishing while working as a spear fishing guide in Baja, uh, which is super cool. Uh, he's had the pleasure of guiding in the Seychelles, as well as Alaska, and is excited to soon be guiding in Kamchatka, Russia, this summer. Uh, Nick started working for F3T last year on the road crew and has now transitioned to his current position as a production coordinator. Paul and Nick, thank you guys so much for coming to the show. How are you? Good. Thank you guys for having us. Yeah, excellent, excellent, man. It's been it's been quite um, quite the quite the winter so far with a lot of work and a lot of effort. But um, over the last couple of weeks, Nick and I have been getting just like super excited because we're finally getting our films in, just okay. seeing all the hard work pay off. Yeah, man. No, it's uh, it's yeah, it's that time of year, I guess. Hey, eh, for you guys that have three T, kind of putting it all together so you can ship it out for the year. It's coming to a coming to a head very quickly. You know, it took a long time. It obviously every season takes a long time to get to the to get to the zone we're in now. But you know, this season especially, the, the social landscape has oh, yeah. changed yeah. drastically. That's, so it's a good point. Yeah, but it's kind of cool. It's been a cool opportunity for us. You know, it's we're I don't want to say we're you know super dialed in, but we're. You know, we're getting the process more dialed in and it was kind of cool this season to have it was we had to think about side the box a little bit to figure out how we were gonna bring it together and make it work and you can credit paul with that um obviously we have a huge team of people that are all helping out in so many ways but you know paul's put a ton of work into this and you know he's he's a good leader right on well it's a beastly project and we're definitely going to get into all the nitty gritties. Um, but first of all, why don't we just kick it off with, uh, where are you guys calling from today? Cause I know you guys are in two different locations, right? Yeah. And I, I think at, at many times during the week, I constantly remind myself how bad I wish I was where Nick was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm based in Boulder, Colorado currently. Okay. Right on. And Nick, you're in Florida, right? Yep. I'm in North central Florida. I actually just got back like a couple hours ago from a, a little duck hunting trip we did. out in the Oh, Boulder. right on. Man, yeah, it's cool. We just we just had duck poppers. 
Oh man, that's awesome. Duck poppers. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, that's, cool. that's pretty uh, rad. Pineapple cream cheese, the jalapenos, the marinated duck, and then wrap it in bacon and whack oh, it on the grill. Oh my god. Dang oh, man. So you're like you're living really like good. yeah, you're living the hunting fishing life right now. It's warm, right? It's freaking cold here. It sucks. <laughs> we're up we're up in Toronto and it's just like minus thirty. Yeah, it sucks. You know the the funny thing is growing up in Minnesota. You know, we were we had cold winters very similar to what you guys get in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Cold is cold, right? And it's funny how I went to school at the University of San Diego, and since I went there, I got soft. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny now that I live in Florida, it gets down to like 50 degrees. I'm like, ooh, it's cold. Yeah, man. Like, <laughs> in my sweatpants and a, a full hoodie and jacket on. Oh, <laughs> it's man. funny hey, how it's it changes. It goes. It's the way it goes. Um, okay, so we got okay, Colorado and Florida, right on. Um, we're in Toronto, so we're kind of all over the place. That's awesome. I, I really, that's kind of a cool way to do it. It's a good spread. Um, it's, a, it's a nice triangle. It is. It's like kind of all. It's a nice <laughs> big triangle. Um, okay, so why don't we just kind of kick it off with? I know we started talking about F3T, but um, you know, Paul, why don't you just kind of set up for people listening at home? I mean, I'm sure all of our listeners are well aware of F3T. Um, if you're not, you know, I'll keep listening, and then also check out some of the links in the show notes. Because um, uh, Paul, what what is F3T? Yeah, so the Fly Fishing Film Tour uh, is an independent film festival, and so uh, every year we'll have filmmakers from around the world submit films to us about all different kinds of fly fishing, freshwater, saltwater, here in the U.S., domestic films, international films, and we look for a large slate of different pieces to kind of put together this ultimate experience. Um, We like to have films with comedy. We like all different kinds of species of fish. We love films with women, films with people that are just not your normal characters, but we like to have that that broad base of different films because everyone will find one film that they like the most at the very least. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and yeah, when we when we actually have a normal tour season, we typically kick off in around mid to the end of January in Bozeman, Montana at Sims uh, Fishing Headquarters. Nice. We go there and we'll have two road crews, um, three different people per crew, and we jump in these trucks with trailers and boats and we travel from one venue and one city to the next and we nice. put on shows and try to fish as much as we can in between that's <laughs> sick man so you guys yeah. literally are t- touring you guys literally tour it you're the yeah it's actually a, t- a real wow. tour. road that's dogs. a real tour it's not easy either so no it doesn't sound easy, easy. <laughs> um it, paul paul what's your like t- like i guess what's your title for you know like what, what what's your role there at f3t yeah, so this last year I just um, became the fly fishing film tour manager. Okay, uh, cool. Yeah, so for the last, um, just about the last 10 years, we had three uh, original owners, and they really cultivated the whole experience, which is working with fly shops all around the country, um, nonprofit and conservation groups to kind of start this grassroots communication, all these locations. People can get together, watch the films, usually raise some money for a good cause, drink some beers, and yell at a screen. <laughs> and <laughs> And over the, the last four years, I've spent a lot of time on the road, um, started making films. And as those old bosses have now sold it to a new company called Pocket Outdoor Media, um, if you're not familiar, they own brands like Warren Miller, Backpacker Magazine, oh, Rock okay. Nice, Skiing, and the Fly Fishing Book okay. was one of those brands. Hmm. So, oh, cool. so now, um, luckily, I get to work with some incredible producers, um, editors, people that have been working on Warren Miller for the last 20 or 30 years. I mean, and, amazing production house there. Like, I think that was the first snowboard movie I ever watched was a Warren Miller, or ski, ski movie. Yeah. Was a Warren Miller movie, yeah. 
if you ever make it down to Boulder, I can show you some of uh, Warren Miller's. We have about 80 years of his footage still in the basement of her building. Damn, and, cool. Yeah, man, there's a, there's a podium in the back where Warren actually used to live narrate his films from the stage before there was ever sound. So oh, he's been for a long time. That's amazing. He would just stand there while the film played and he would just narrate it? Yeah, yeah, back in the <laughs> back in the old cinema days. It's wow. badass, man. It's badass. It's really totally hard badass. to do now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, okay, so are you guys filmmakers yourselves too? I know, Paul, you mentioned you, you, you do films. I... Uh, I'm just kind of starting the last two years. I got a small Sony A7 III camera, and I just started filming everything that I was doing when I was guiding with Nick yeah. up in Alaska. And the more I filmed, the more I filmed, I realized that so much of what makes a good fly fishing film tour film is honest interactions between friends fishing. You know, people want to see these films, people going out, having a good time, and just being themselves out in the water. And if you can capture that with the awesome fishing we all love, then... I realized that, you know, I'm not very good at it, but I got something going. And so we've been working on that more and more and working with the other filmmakers helps you learn quickly. Um, if you're working with some of the filmmakers, uh, right now we're working with um, Off The Grid Studios, R.A. Beatty, uh, Cole Collaborative, Shannon Vandeveer, KTV Productions. And these guys have been filming for a really long time. And when we have timeline restrictions and certain things that we want them to hopefully be able to help us create because we're looking at the lineup of all the films. We want to make it together as a whole, this awesome thing. When you get a chance to work with those people, you just learn so quickly about different styles of editing and, and how to take really harsh critical feedback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a big part of it, I guess. Well, it's really always yeah. really nice to have humble people on the show. Um, you say you're not very good at filmmaking, and I see Nick just laughing. Uh, <laughs> being, being very humble and modest, and that's awesome, but... He's he's good with the camera, and you know I I'm sure you guys saw the last film he had in the tour, but you, you can you can pat yourself on the back, Paul. You're you're definitely good with fun to be on trips with, and that's the most important thing. But when you pick the camera, things come together, and you do a great job. And I say the same to you guys too. Oh, I mean, yeah. you know, yeah, I, you love your film. Oh, thanks, man. thanks, guys. Oh, thanks. Yeah, you know, like uh, we're. I think, yeah, when, when you say, like, we're definitely the ones just getting into it, that's for sure. Um, but, um, okay, let's mm -hmm. let's just go back to then, let's just jump all the way back to just kind of fly fishing, like how you guys got into fly fishing um, and how it all began, and we'll, we'll work our way up to, you know, what goes into making a fly fishing film, because I think it's an interesting topic. A lot of people are interested in that, and, and um, a lot definitely. goes into making a fly fishing film. So but let's, start, let's start with, you know, Paul, how, how did you get into fly fishing? How did that begin? It was uh, seventh grade social studies, and uh, my friend Elliot would bring this giant backpack to school every day. And I mean, it was super heavy, like to the point where he was kind of leaning forwards over because it was it was toppling him over. Sorry, and, Paul, are you from Colorado as well? Or no, actually, sorry, yeah. So I grew up on the East Coast. Um, okay. I grew up in Connecticut, pretty close to Long Island Sound. Mm. Fly fishing for striped bass. Mm, was kind cool. of what I did in high school. Cool. Um, okay, rad, rad. Yeah. My dad's from the Bronx. His name's Tony. He's had a mustache since the second grade. Sound too Italian, but um, <laughs> yeah. And, but my my friend Elliot had brought this giant backpack into this social studies class, and yeah. instead of them being like actual textbooks, they were like eight of those old school Cabela's hardback catalogs. And so we just sit in the back and 
the time I didn't fly fish much, but we just kept on looking at the, the books and not paying attention in school. And before you knew it, Elliot had me fly fishing. So that's kind of just one friend uh, who got me into it. And just oh, kind of, we taught ourselves from there. I love that. That's so good. You know, yeah. that is kind of how, that is how it starts, you know, like just like getting stoked on uh, catalogs, Cabela's catalogs. I, 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 I can feel you there. Uh, yeah. Nick, how, how'd you get into it? Like, how'd you, how, I know you said spear fishing down in Baja. Yeah, I had, a, I had a very non-traditional intro into fly fishing. So I never fly fished when I was a kid. We had, growing up in Minnesota, we had all the lakes, so we'd gear fish with spinning rods and bait casters for muskie, pike, walleye, um, all the different yep. panfish, smallmouth bass. So I had fished as a kid, but kind of took a hiatus for a while and I went to school at the University of San Diego and got my degree in marine biology and then nice. after there just kind of started my whirlwind of experience driven jobs we'll call them I kind of sought that out I worked on Catalina Island for four years as an outdoor ed instructor and then that's what eventually brought me down to Baja so I started working down there as a spearfishing guide and it was really cool uh got to be in the water eight hours a day every single day without rest and we got to see some really really cool stuff but we saw rooster fish all the time yeah. and hmm. you know i didn't i didn't know at the time that rooster fish were a, a very sought after species on the fly i'd see them in the water all the time and thought oh those are cool fish and towards the end of my time there we had a guy come down who was going to start a fly fishing program for the spear fishing outfit i worked for and he said hey man you know before we leave baja we should we should go fish for rooster fish like let's go and i was yeah. like i don't i don't know anything about fly fishing like i don't know that i can be any help to you other than telling you where they are and he was like well if you take us to a spot where you think there are rooster fish i said i don't think i know they're there <laughs> them all the time in the water he said well i'll make you a deal you can use one of my nine weights and just like watch me cast on the beach and you know, he kind of showed me the ropes. And that very first morning we went out, you know, he's 50 yards down the beach from me casting and I'm kind of figuring it out. You know, we caught a handful of lady fish. So I had, yeah. I don't want to say I'd figured out setting the hook, but I had, I had caught a few lady fish. Oh, this is so cool. And, you know, he's 50 yards down the beach from me and I'm walking back up the beach, stripping my line in. And all of a sudden, you know, my hand stops and I never set the hook. Mm. I thought, huh, I'm stuck on something. And then it swam away really quickly. And <laughs> I line, I had I had a uh, an old cheeky reel. Nice. Uh, yeah, and it it took maybe two hundred twenty yards of backing, and it took us maybe like forty minutes. And we got it in the surf and landed it, and it was both 35, 40 pound rooster fish. And oh damn, my God. Jesus! From from that day on, it was like I like this. This is this is really cool. And coincidentally, <laughs> that same guy I was fishing with that week was like. Hey man, like this is this is crazy. He caught one right after me. So we landed two fish within like 45 minutes, both the same size class. It was such a cool experience. And after yeah. that, he was like, Damn, "Look, it doesn't ever happen. You're going to be a, a fly fishing guide now, and you're going to come up to Alaska and guide with me." I didn't know how to tie knots. I didn't know what <laughs> waders were. Like yeah. I was so lost in in green. But he kind of, you know, I think it speaks to everybody can think of the person that really got them into it because it's not an easy sport to break into Yeah, just doing it. It's so complicated yeah. and it's so mm -hmm. overwhelming. And he was the person who was like, all right, I'm going to help you get your first couple rods. You don't need to know what they are. Just start fishing. And you know, it's like putting together pieces of a puzzle and 
you know, it's a, it's a puzzle you'll never finish. And I think that's why so many people really freak out about fly fishing. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. I, you know, I was lucky to have him and then, you know, it just took off from there. I ended up getting my captain's license and that same guy had got me the job out in the Seychelles and that was really stupid. Cool. <laughs> it's probably yeah. the coolest thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. Uh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm very fortunate. I'm very fortunate to have had people who stuck their neck out for me, uh, vouched for me, and kind of taught me. I've heard many beginner stories. I haven't heard that one. Just like right, <laughs> right in the deep end, rooster fish. 40, yeah, 40 right. Pounds. No, right in the deep end. And you guys, I wish you could have seen it. I'll show you the picture someday. You can zoom in on the photo, and the hook is on a tiny shred of meat on the outside of the fish's lip. There's, oh, man. It, there isn't another world that I should have caught this fish in. Yeah. It was just, it was something that happened and it set me on a totally different path. And exactly. Here we are on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, that's a pretty crazy first fish, man. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, was, it was nuts. It was really, really impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, it was crazy. And then day was that two, first a guide. Season? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then I learned how to tie knots. <laughs> so that was it just a first season you're just like he's like you're coming to alaska and you're like yep and then you yeah. you just did it That's well i was on this kick dude when i went to university i was a i was a book rat dude i didn't i mean i had a few friends but i wasn't that social i did i got good grades i put my head down i never went out and partied mm-hmm. i just didn't really hit that phase and by the time i finished i was so I had worked so hard. I thought, I don't, I don't want to keep doing that. Like now what I want is to go travel and start to learn, you know, the other side of life, which is happens outside of school. And so I kind of told myself, definitely guiding. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) I told myself I was going to take like real experience driven jobs. And that's what led to the outdoor education, uh, which was really cool. And Mexico and then Alaska, Seychelles. I lived in Prague for a year teaching English um, nice. in between that and it's cool i've been really fortunate to have had the opportunities i've had to to go and do things it's i've been very lucky yeah. globe trotter yeah <laughs> do you remember your first day in the seychelles like guiding like that must have been kind of like terrifying oh, it's been quite absolutely, different right <laughs> absolutely terrifying i'll tell you when we got out there i was definitely filled with stoke i was excited but it kind of set in when i got out there that the other guys that i was guiding with were like professionals like true professionals could cast 100 feet of line into the wind without question with a single back cast like really really intimidating fly fishermen and that was kind of my first experience where i was like i am outside of my element i can't cast you know more than 25 feet but it was probably the best thing that ever could have happened to me because if you think you know you show me your friends and i'll show you who you're going to be right And, you know, these were the people that I was just around every day and they're all super good dudes. And I just was able to learn and soak things in and, uh, trial by fire, Nick trial by fire. Absolutely. But it was talk about insecurity. Ooh, I I mean, there was days I was a nervous wreck and there was, I couldn't even tell you how many times when, when you go through a three week, like two and a half, three week shadow period where they just send you out with other guides and, you know, you just watch what they do. Mm-hmm. And then when you got to go do it on your own, like you, you have to make decisions and those decisions are complicated in a giant atoll with 
you know, that's yeah. totally tidally dependent. And, you know, there's plenty of days where I came back with my, my tail between my legs and my head down low, but <laughs> you know, it just, it just goes to show you, you hang in the cut long enough and, you know, you start to pick things up and you get it going. And it was a, it was a very cool formative experience for me. Yeah, man. Yeah. Learning to fly fish while guiding in the Seychelles is pretty <laughs> fucking awesome to be honest with you. <laughs> no, like I said, um, I'm, I'm, I'm very lucky that I was very fortunate that those guys took a chance on me and you know, it didn't end up being, I'm 36 now. And that was a couple of years ago that I did this. So for me at, you know, the time of my life that I'm in right now, it, it was cool to go have the experience, but it wasn't something that I could keep grinding out year after year, being away from my family and friends. So unfortunately it was a one season thing for me. And but I have so much love for those guys. They're all unbelievably fun, talented, cool people. And I was lucky to get to go spend some time out there. If, if you guys can't tell yet, Nick is like one of the best people in the world to work with because he's not only humble, but he's just really thankful and honest and, and happy all the time. I mean, he's about a grateful dude. Yeah. So it. It's a lot of what's <laughs> kind of pushes me through those situations. I, I, I had no business being out there. Yeah. I'll yeah. be the first to tell anybody that like, I didn't deserve that opportunity, but yeah, well, that's what he said when we started guiding in Alaska together. And I immediately <laughs> was just like, dude, you're so personable. I mean, you talk about it like a perfect river lunch. Like if we're cooking Sam or salmon and Nick's Nick's guiding with you that day, it's like guaranteed it's going to be a full on buffet. Right. Yeah. That salmon eight different ways. And it's not the thing about guiding and these experiences. It's about the people you're with and the opportunity you have to share that great time with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Reading those people and not just being the first to like try to dictate what their experience is. It's so important. One thing that Nick is really great at is just being awesome. So you guys guided together in Alaska. Was that and that was where you started guiding as well, right, Paul? Yeah, yeah. We started guiding in Alaska, and it's kind of a weird thing. But for the last, I don't know, maybe five years, a pre predominant amount of the people that are working on a road crew are actually Alaskan guides, because uh -huh. you're gonna wake up early, you're gonna drive twelve hours, maybe fourteen or more, in the course of a couple of days, show up, get excited to interact with people at our sponsor booths, and as an MC on stage, and then it's off to the next one. And yeah. if you got time to fish, it's like, yeah. And in I between guess. all that, you eat gas station food. Yeah. And drink <laughs> cheap beer. <laughs> yeah. That sounded pretty good to me. Yeah, that just sounds like, yeah, yeah, yeah that sounds like. great. <laughs> Clearly, it's ruined us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's awesome. So you guys like got a pretty good, good application from me and Mitch at the end of this Yeah, I was uh, just going to say, yeah, you guys, <laughs> you guys have a good team down there. Yeah, like how, how many people... Uh, make up the team roughly like is it uh, is it big big team or is it kind of a tight-knit group so the it's interesting that you asked that so right now just because um, of the plans for the tour this year yeah. we have been focusing on um, doing things differently we have in the past if there was a road crew right. we'd have six people traveling from okay. one destination to the next okay. but right now there's kind of three core people Nick and myself included that are really familiar with fly fishing and help yeah. with the film selections, you know, everything that helps the grassroots connections and all the people we work with around the country make all of that work. Uh, yeah. we, we work with over 150 fly shops on a normal year. It's a mm. lot of phone calls, a lot of incredible people to talk to on the phone. Uh, yeah. But that's that's kind of where we come in. We also have a marketing team. We have someone who helps out with operations when they can and, uh, some other awesome people that just love being outside. It's right cool. on, cool. right cool. on. So yeah, that's that yeah. prompts a good question. Actually, is what happened when COVID happened? How did that change 
<laughs> I mean, obviously it changed it a lot of things, but it, what changed when it when it freaked out, and how does that how did you adapt for this year? Well, just to begin with, uh, Nick and I were on the road, and we were actually our last show was in Green Bay, Wisconsin, but there was another road crew that was putting on a show in Nashville, Tennessee, at the same time. Okay. I'll let Nick take it over from here, but like we got the we listened to the president on the radio the day that. There was an order to essentially stop any in-person events, anything like that. It was just like, look, this is a real problem. We all knew it was bad, but um, then we got the the orders from the top down saying, guys, like this is just not the right thing to do. We're we're done, um, and that was right after our show in Green Bay. But that show was it's pretty weird, wasn't it, Nick? Yeah, I mean, it it, it was a buildup to it. Yeah, because you had it came on pretty quickly, and then you'd start to hear the news, and I guess. We could all see it coming. It was just when it was going to happen and when it was kind of socially right to to pull the plug. And, yeah. you know, as soon as they started saying, like, you, you shouldn't be in, you know, groups of more than six people. And, you know, when that on set, it was like, okay, we just we just did our last show and then word came down from the top. And, you know, selfishly, we were so excited because we kind of have a – we have fishing planned between these shows, right? So yeah. two of our big – you know, fishing deals were going to be after that Green Bay show. One was going to be on the White River in Cotter. And that was, we were going to have four or five days, depending on how our schedule worked out to, to go. Hopefully, you know, one of us get into a big brown trout. And then we had uh, the time in Rockport, Texas, scheduled nice. to go do some flats fishing. And we were so looking forward to it, but, it, you know, things change. It's a, it's a great lesson in life. Things just change and you have to roll with the punches and, you know, what a better way for us to roll with that punch than think like, okay, well, we're not going to do those trips anymore because we can't, essentially. We got to make it back to Boulder. So drove back yeah. to Boulder, got everything packed away at the tour. And then, you know, that was during the time where, you know, social distancing became a, a hot word. Yes. A hot yeah. term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Was not existent at the at any right. single supermarket around town. Everyone's fighting for toilet paper. We're like, all right, what are we going to do? And so our friend Parker drove all the way from Tulsa, Oklahoma, up to Boulder to meet us. And Nick, Parker, and I, we jumped in a car. We drove to a cabin in Wyoming, and we went fishing for about a week and a half. And 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 it was it was weird because no one was there, which is awesome. Right? <laughs> That's so we, awesome. Yeah, yeah. We, we just <laughs> turned it straight into fishing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it worked out well. What what better way to socially distance and be away from people than Yeah. Yeah, I love that. You're yeah, like, "Oh, cool. the world like who knows it's ending like uh, F3T. Yeah. What we don't know what's happening like do you guys want to go fishing for a week and a half in Wyoming?" <laughs> yeah, okay, well, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Our boss that's awesome. like, "Don't move anything out of the trailer. Leave it where it is." Right. Yeah. And just do anything besides work for now. We're figuring yeah. it out. Yeah. Go fishing. Go fishing. We're just like it was, it was an interesting time. <laughs> dope. Yeah, sure. It was, it was weird, sick. but super rewarding to yeah. all of a sudden, like it was, it was bittersweet because we wanted to do the rest of the tour. I mean, if, have you guys been to a, a tour showing? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, they're, they're, I mean, I suppose it depends on the show, but they're super fun. And like for us, that's like, you know, you drag a lot of the mornings because you're up early and you're doing a lot of driving and you're kind of zonked out, but you know, when things start to ramp up at the shows, like it's genuinely fun. Like mm-hmm. we have a good time. We get to have a beer and get to yep. share the stoke with all these other people that are coming out to do the the same thing, you know, for the same reason that we're doing the job. So 
it was yeah. it was a little bittersweet but it was it was good that we got to punctuate the the tour with a little fishing trip for ourselves yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty awesome. Well, yeah, it must be sweet. Like you get a window into all these little, uh, you know, fly fishing communities around the con- around the continent, right? Like you're like, whoa. I mean, well, we, you, you, you meet know, so many people, people from so many different areas, and you see the bigger picture of fly fishing. Like, right, you, know, you see everybody's love for it in a different light. Mm-hmm. You know why people enjoy it for different reasons, and that's really invaluable to to see because you know we all have a love for fly fishing, right? But to be able to better relate to someone who loves it strictly because the place that they're in is beautiful. Like they might not be fishing for big fish. Like there's all this hype about giant fish, but you know, there's still people that go out and you know, their fisheries are what they are, yeah. but they genuinely love it because it's, it's what they oh, yeah. do. So it's, it's really cool to get to see that and all the yeah. different people that were, we interact with. Yeah. It, it is a really cool, it is a really cool thing that you guys got going on. I mean, like it's uh, pretty unique, you know, and, uh, Side question, Rockport, Do you ha- did you have a guide that you were meeting up with down there by any chance? Or are we just guys just going to go fishing? Paul, this might be a better question for you. One of the guys that we guide up in Alaska has a place out there who okay. invited us out, and I think he had organized boats and people to go out with. So, Gotcha, yeah, yeah. I don't know who. Well, it was the, the year before we went down to Austin. We love Austin, Texas. I mean – not only is it after traveling across the Pacific Northwest and Montana and Colorado, the Midwest during the coldest time of the year, you finish off down south in the springtime, early March. Nice. Right. Super red fishing, but it's just that final blast of like nice warm weather, like really celebrate spring and all the hard work. Yeah. In 2019, we had showed up at uh, one of our clients' houses down in Rockport, and we got to go out on a fan boat for a little bit with some nice. of our girlfriends, which was really fun. And once we got back to the dock jt van zant was there with like one of those little you know copper mugs drinking some whiskey because <laughs> we saw we drive all these really cool trucks we've got um in the past we've had this coast of forerunner and it's it's pretty you know it's it's definitely screams costa and like i'm a huge fly fisherman <laughs> but you know when it's your job to drive it around and you get a nice vehicle with an awesome boat it's a great thing but he came yeah. on over to talk to us and then later that night we ended up meeting up with couple of really cool dudes we had not met ryan Callahan, ryan callahan from meat eater um yako lucas who's been making films with us for a long time and then jt van zant and some of our clients from alaska oh, we all wow. got to hang out and drink beers and catch a couple redfish it was we had a little bit of a cold snap or awesome. we just did a really bad job catching fish one or the other <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. yeah, That's I, awesome. I have cold snaps just about everywhere yeah, me too, man. I don't know. That's, that's, that's what I say. Yeah, you said Rockport, and I know Aldo and I's ears kind of perked up because we we fished in Rockport a couple years ago, and it's it's a blast down there, man. You know, like such a fun place to fish. Like the red fishing's insane. So, do you you guys all live full time in Toronto? Yeah, mm-hmm. correct. Yeah. How often do you make it down to the states? Um, every year we try to get down a few times. You know, like uh, Aldo and I grew up in Ottawa, um, here in Ontario, so it was close kind of to New York's border. So we would go upstate. And fish there a couple times a year so we used to we grew up fishing trout in new york upstate uh but lately yeah we've been trying to make a few trips down i mean last year without covid we were supposed to go to montana and meet up with some friends out there uh, we were planning on going back to rockport and fishing with blue lagoon lodge joe is our contact down there super awesome guy um go back to new york like we, there's so much good fishing down there it's insane and yeah. you know like it's just it's an endless list of places we want to go you know but covid happened and now we're stuck in canada yeah. now we're stuck <laughs> the goddamn what's, place what's yeah. been your guys favorite place that you fished in the states 
Brockport. Yeah, <laughs> no, <way. laughs> no I don't know. Like I, I've I've done a, probably a little bit more traveling in the states um, than these two guys because uh, I used to be pretty heavily in like the food and beverage scene and a lot of traveling in in the states mm. and I did a lot of vacationing in the states too. But anyway, long story short, yeah, I mean Rockport was like Mitch said, we grew up. Actually, Mitch and I grew up in the same town. We didn't meet each other until we moved to Toronto, which is kind of funny because <laughs> no I worked at one fly shop and he worked at the other one. <laughs> And we never met. It didn't make any sense. Like Where? we both up. fished upstate, which is we a both fished like, upstate New York, like Malone, yeah. um, uh, the Malone area streams, and also uh, Lake Placid, of course, on the Osable. But 2018, yeah, we did a lot of in the states. We went to Pennsylvania. We went to Indiana. We did you know did our film down in Indiana, which was awesome. And cool. um, yeah, Rockport, Florida. I try to go to Florida every year. To I've got a friend who lives in the Keys, mm-hmm. and he fly fishes. So it's like, you know. But there's yeah. something about Rockport though. The Keys, man. I gotta go to the Keys. <laughs> like you're in Florida, Rockport, Nick. Like though, what's man. what's the deal? Like where where are where in Florida are you again? You said so, uh, Central. So I'm in North Central Florida. We live in a small town that's like 45 minutes outside of Gainesville. So we're in a really rural area, but we have um, my girlfriend and I just bought a 17 foot Maverick. I'm going nice. fishing on that soon. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah we've been sick. out every weekend except <laughs> for this one because I went duck hunting, but. It's been really cool. Dude, the fishery out here is neat. I haven't even scratched the surface yet, but there's a lot of uh, the migratory tarpon, jack mm. mm. Spanish mackerel, redfish, mm. of course, uh, mm. sea trout. So nice. it's kind of cool. The the flats out here are expansive, really neat area. So yeah, we're lucky enough to have a place on the Gulf that we can go to. And yeah, it's dope. Yeah, yeah kind of have a, a base of operations. So when you guys are in the States, you'll, you'll have to let us know and come yeah. to florida and fish yeah. it's like i would almost call it a happy medium between what the keys is and i haven't seen rockport but i imagine it's very similar on the gulf there that it is where we are like it's a lot of grass flats and rock structure right um but yeah it's a it's a cool area we'd love to have you guys out It'd be a lot of fun oh, man super fun. love to come on down yeah we oh, really yeah. like everything i'd read about redfish or any film i ever saw like that's exactly what it was like in Rockport. And I think we just hit the timing really well. Like a cold front had just ended. And the first day we were there was like slow-ish, I guess, if you can call catching fish all day slow. But like the next day was like insane. We were with our pals from the the Yellowstone angler, uh, Chloe, uh, from Livingston. And her and I shared a boat the second day. And Mitch shared a boat with our buddy Joel. And it was just like. Oh, it's crazy, man. It's just like so crazy. fun. Redfish. Love Rockport. You spot them, you cast, <laughs> they go crazy. It's like, this is mental, you know? And yeah. Rockport is very different from Toronto, fellas. You know, like, <laughs> very different. <laughs> it's it's like another planet. Yeah. Where, where, like, I know this is probably contentious because you guys fish all over the U.S. and you're from the U.S. Where, but do you guys have a favorite place in the States to fish, like in, in your home country? Is there a number one? I think Alaska. There's no number one. I mean, There's you guys no fish in the most crazy places. Like, how can well, you we, pick? We, yeah, we're, we're really lucky that way. Paul, I'll let you answer first. I think the coolest thing about the film festival and the opportunities I've been lucky enough to have working for the F3T has yeah. been fishing with different people in different places. And I can't tell you that one fishery is better than the next because once you're when you're as lucky as we are to have, like, random fly shops offer to take you out on their boat for the day, like yeah. the experiences you have with those people, you might have caught one fish that day on, yeah. for example, the White River in Arkansas, and that was because of that experience. The people you were with, the best, the 
your favorite place to fish in the world if you go back and do it the same way. And I think it's really hard to ever pinpoint it on one thing. And just back to the audience real quick, like, you know that the films that we're showing are not going to be accepted the same way in California that they are in in Florida or in New York as they are in Oklahoma or South Dakota as they are in in Nevada. Like, everything is so – every audience is so different and so Mm -hmm. is each fishery. But if you made me pick (laughs) one place that I really, really love to fish – I think I would say that one of my favorite places to fish is probably northern Wisconsin for smallmouth bass. Wow, um, cool. Yeah. I, I really love smallmouth bass fishing. I think it's super fun. I love being in the middle of these one lake to the next, hiking with a canoe over my back. But that is that is just one of the many examples. I usually also just really enjoy cheese curds and <laughs> some delicious spotted cow beer and, and the good folks that live in the Midwest. So that might be part of it too. I'm not sure. <laughs> Great answer. Yeah, it's it's a very, very good answer. <laughs> Nick, what about you? I'm just like, hey, what's your favorite place to fish? And you give me a good answer. I don't know. Nick, what, what about you? Do you have a number one? Uh, I know there, there's so much that I haven't seen, but of the, of the places that I have fished, you know, I grew up in the Midwest. Um, my buddies starting to fly fishing there, and we do uh, quite a bit of work on the Namakagan River in uh, western Wisconsin, northwestern Wisconsin. Nice. And Paul said it's a it's a gas. It's it's stupid fun. The day just yeah, uh, yeah it all kind of blends together. We'll say right. yeah. between yeah. the between the beverages and <laughs> and canoeing the down the river. Um, I don't know. I oh, it's so hard to say. I like. I love flats fishing and that's why I'm so excited about being in the area that we're in now because this will be my first like real experience in the States where I get to flat flats fish here. Um, that's not international, but of the place I've gone so far, honestly, I really liked Wyoming. I would say, I would say that's my favorite. It's so pretty with these huge canyons and mesas Mm -hmm. and the water's just so varied. There's so many different ways you can fish. Um, the last time we went out there, we got to, I know it sounds uh, corny, but well, we just got to throw streamers and it was so much fun. Yeah. With a cast, you could you could get a swing rod and swing. You could cast a single-handed rod and strip them in. Like, mm-hmm. It was some of the most fun I've had fishing. Wyoming well, looks beautiful, man. It's, you know? it's, but pretty, it, yeah, it's pretty cool. It looks so cool. But it's a great answer. I mean, you know, like, yeah, we've had as much fun fishing Indiana as we have fishing Rockport. And it's Fishing's fun anywhere you go. And I think Nick, as a, or Paul, has a great point about the people you're with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. So, Paul, how did you get, how did you, let's switch over to filmmaking. How did you get into filmmaking? Like, what spurred that, that foray into that world? And sorry, Paul, I'm going to take some notes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> some, oh, right. <laughs> Whoa. I was like, why is he taking notes? Oh, right. Uh, some I'm, I'm taking notes, too. <laughs> yeah. Paul, Paul you bought the same camera we did. We were just like, when we, we were like, I don't know, I'll take the, I'll get the, the Sony. So, yeah. so we're all three of us when you said that we're like oh shit yeah, <laughs> Sick. yeah no man we're in. um we're in for me personally i was uh like my dad i told you he's from the bronx he's had a mustache since the second grade everyone calls him everyone calls him Anthony. he's a total goober and when i was younger he's like what are you gonna do when you grow up i'm like dad i don't i don't know what i'm gonna be but we go fishing every weekend he didn't like to fish but he'd go with me because he knew how much i loved it and eventually one day I saw a uh, trailer for the film called Red Gold made by Feltzel Media. 
And the storyline was about the pebble mine in Bristol Bay, Alaska, and the issues um, that the mine would have on the, on the area. And I went to the Lincoln Center in New York City. My dad let me skip an entire day of school uh, to get to this event on time. And a bunch of natives from the local villages in Alaska were there, some representatives from Trout Unlimited. And I watched this film, I had like shivers down my back. And after that film, I told my dad, I'm like, I think I want to study fisheries. And after that moment, it's what led me to go study fisheries in Montana in college. It, what's led, it's what led me to eventually be a fishing gu- fly fishing guide in Bristol Bay. And it's really come full circle because that was the first place where I decided I want to start making films. But yeah. for me personally, it was all a chance of luck. One of my old bosses, Ryan Thompson, who ran the F3T for 10 years, um, also uh, his family owned a raft company in West Glacier, Montana called Glacier Raft Company. And these guys are some of some real like original badass guys that started whitewater rafting in that part of Montana. They also would run the howitzer guns in the uh, Snowbird Valley in Utah. So they were these kind of like hotshot group of people that had a really awesome outdoor culture and history. And when I got to know Ryan Thompson, he got super, 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 uh, we got really friendly over time. And when I started guiding Alaska, he asked me if I wanted to work for the road crew. And I started seeing everything kind of come full circle. I'm like, well, uh, my fisheries degree isn't really being used, if you want to say that. Um, now I'm just a raft guide. But now then I'm flish, that, then I'm a fly fishing guide. And then eventually it was just like, you have a job, an opportunity to work for the F3T. And once that started, I got myself a camera and I actually started just shooting everything I possibly could. And I started filming as much as I could. And I realized that even with a bad camera, if you find the music that you love, uh, and if it's something that you can actually license and you just film as much as you possibly can, you know, we usually isn't enough, but you try to capture all of the most authentic moments that you have with your close friends, the worst moments, the best moments. Um, and you have a couple of different lenses. So you're always thinking if you can start filmmaking by getting as many shots as you possibly can, you're going to be able to put something together, but it's just going to take some time. It's going to take some time messing around with the shots and being really dedicated to say, Hey, I want to make this film. And so the first one I ever made was uh, just guiding in Alaska with my best friends. And I used footage over the course of two years. And I just started learning and I started asking my friends that were good storytellers, some filmmakers I had met from the F3T. And I made my first rough film. Um, and I tried that and it was, it was really fun. And then I decided I wanted to keep doing it. Um, sorry, that was super long. No, no, that's no, perfect. No, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's perfect. Because, I mean, you know, you talked about kind of what makes a good mm-hmm. film. Um, and that's what I was going to ask, like the production side of it, you know, um, cause, cause we'll talk, we'll talk about what, what people are looking for at an F3T event, but like what technically goes into making a fly fishing film? Like how does somebody just go want to do that? The film that I made for last year's tour before I was officially like the tour manager, which is why it was accepted was I used the Sony a seven three camera with a shotgun mic. And then I had a DJI Mavic 2 Pro drone, and I just got it. The first time I ever flew my drone was when I was down in the Bahamas. Um, I had no idea how to do it. I literally, yeah, I knew I had all of the right equipment, and I just started flying, and I was like, I'm going to move slow. I'm going to try to just get the shots. And as long as I know I'm fishing with really fishy friends, when I'm trying to capture that fishing footage, I have to make the the mental sacrifice to say, I'm not fishing, Mm -hmm. you know. I worked for an entire week and I paid for this trip to this lodge 
And it was a really, really rough experience in the sense that the lodge is in, was in the process of being made and the lodge owner wanted to basically scout out this area. So when I got down there, it was just like, can't wait to go catch bonefish and barracuda and triggerfish and maybe permit if we're lucky and <laughs> all of these different things. And it just so happened that every single day we got luckier and luckier and luckier. And instead of actually picking up my fly rod and being selfish and saying, I'm gonna do this, I was like, no, I'm committed. I'm going to film everything I possibly can every single day. Mm-hmm. And by yeah. the end of it, we caught, we captured bonefish eating flies on top water, which is something that we had, we didn't even know existed. <laughs> yeah. I figured it out. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're like, wow, okay. Like these bonefish were eating these glass minnows in this back bay. And as soon as my friend Elliot tied on a little tiny crease fly, it took him like 10 tries before one of those fish could actually eat it because their mouths are on the yeah. bottom part of their face. And we're like, oh my gosh, wow, I think that just made the film. And then the next night, we got we had way too many beers and we went shark fishing. We, we shark fishing. Over a bunch yeah. of beers and shark fishing. Yeah, that's a good formula right what there. What could go wrong? Yeah, <laughs> we had one more day of fishing. We we're like, guys, let's celebrate. This has been an incredible trip with incredible yeah. people. We've gotten really lucky with the filming. Let's just go drink some some beers and and try to catch some sharks. We stayed up till like three thirty or four o'clock in the morning on this pier, <laughs> caught that's like three sharks awesome. at the time of our. Oh, life. that's so yeah. sick! So you were just drinking beers while shark fishing off a pier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't catch big oh. sharks. We didn't catch many of them, but it was yeah. really really fun. And then that's the next so day fun. we woke up hungover and we're super tired. And yeah. we get to the first spot, and honestly, some of us were just like, we're just gonna start diving and and just you know like just snorkeling around looking to try to get some underwater shots and feel good and then all of a sudden like this giant school of massive barracuda made it into this back bay and my friends are like paul we're going out there i flew up the drone all of a sudden bam like we get this incredible barracuda imagery of like five barracudas circling this guy's fly at the same time two seconds later trigger fish start coming around where i'm sitting on this little uh this little sand flat and i was like you guys got to come over here get a couple of these incredible trigger fish eats all right, guys, we should test our luck. Let's see if we can't get more topwater eats. Oh, no way. So we start driving to this other spot, and we hit this massive school of jacks that are just eating on the surface. I'm like, dude, this day is getting better, getting better and better and better. Like, we yeah. got to keep filming. We got to keep filming. We had seen two permit the entire trip. We get to the sand flat. We're about to walk over to where we know these bonefish were hanging out. And then all of a sudden, like, one of our friends is like, that, there's a permit over there. No way. There can't be a permit. <laughs> three of my friends all basically surround this permit at the same time. They took 40 casts at this thing. It wasn't yeah. like what you hear about permit. They're so hard to catch or blah, blah, blah. They all were taking casts at it over and over and over and over again. And probably about like the 40th cast right hooks into this like 15 or 20 pound permit. We're like, wow. just like a lucky day of fishing, a good day of filming is when you just stay committed and you're just having fun. If you're out yeah. there to have a good day with your friends and no matter what your expectation is, you're just going to have fun. Even if you don't get that fish footage, you're going to get the footage of the incredible experience with your friends. And yeah. then maybe you come back for your second trip or your third trip, or you just make a bunch of film. You make an awesome film about people having a great time, not fishing and that right there in itself is a foundation for an incredible mm. fly fishing film tour. Absolutely. Um, like, Oh, Aldo, please. Oh, I was just going to say like for anybody listening who doesn't know the film that film was expectations we had no expectations going down there besides <laughs> like, i was about to say it's like you know i'm kind of broke guys i just bought all this camera gear i don't know how to use 
<laughs> yeah, that's that so definitely good. sounds like us. <laughs> yeah, what a fun time, you know. But you know, I think you're right. I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, there's fishing, and then there's filmmaking, right? Like, when you're on a film, when you're shooting a film, like you're not fishing, like you're shooting a film, right? Like you're not, you're not like thinking about like when can I cast. You're thinking about like, hey, what's that next really cool shot that I can get that would get people excited. Funny you say that, because one of her friends that also works for the tour is named Sanford. Sanford's the kind of guy, he sees a fish, he just tunnel vision. He focuses right in. Like, you're not going to be able to tell him to slow down. And it took mm -hmm. a while to be like, Sanford, that is the shot. you got to wait for me to get in the right yeah. position, which is really tough, right? Like, that dynamic yeah. between the person you're fishing with and unless this is like you are making a film, like if you're just trying to do this to begin with, yeah. But to be able to work with friends that you know you can give them a hard time, be like, I need you to need you to yeah. move a little bit over before you make this cast, even if it might screw it up. Yeah. Right. Like totally. those are the kinds of things that if you prepare ahead of time with a the good friend that you know yeah. is good and fishy, or even if they're not. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, you're right. No, I think that's a you've hit a really good point because we've had a lot of moments. Hey, uh, Yelmanaldo, where we're just yelling at each yep. other. Like, Fucking move over there. Like, make the cast shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> fuck, you, fuck you. Let me fish. <laughs> or like, yeah. Very but it does. Normal. It takes direction. Like, you have to, there's a person directing and there's the, and there's the talent, right? Like, it's a whole yeah. thing. It's Very a whole normal, thing. Yeah. Fishing, yeah. filming, dialogue. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's behind every shot, I think. But I think the better you get at filmmaking, maybe the, the more seamless it is, but no, that's cool, man. I mean, Jesus, that day fishing sounds insane. Like that whole 48 hours, like drinking on the pier, shark fishing, and then just a day of mm -hmm. just ridiculous, even just spotting them, you know, not even catching them. Like there's, there's joy in that, right? Like you, you get joy in oh, just absolutely. that moment. 100%. If you're, if you're on the flats and you can get close enough to a fish like that to get a shot, like it, yeah. some, sometimes, you know, it, a lot can be up to the angler, but you know, sometimes the fish is in the mood mm -hmm. and everything yeah. lines up and it it comes right or sometimes it doesn't but the fact that you got in position to get a shot when you're standing on a flat seems like a miracle because you're like there's water 360 degrees around me yeah. that goes for long distances how on earth am i even going to get close to anything and then it starts to happen and I mean, that's the wind yeah. yeah so nick um what's your role at the tour exactly it says production coordinators. Are you are yeah, you well, making films? Are you I making? Don't know what that means? No, I just mean like, are you making films too? <laughs> are you you're selecting films? You're making films? You're no. So I I'm kind of Paulie's right hand man. So I help out with a lot of different things. Um, I manage relationships with our sponsors and conservation groups, and um, I have dialogue with a lot of the filmmakers. Um, some of them, you know, we uh, it, it's a journey with the films, yeah, because oh, for sure, they'll. Yeah they'll come in like they come in and then you know a lot of people will say like hey you know look this over with me and like how can we make this better so you know we're in kind of a unique position where we get to really intimately work with filmmakers and it's cool from my perspective because i'm not a filmmaker myself um i know you know when i when something is pleasing to the eye and yeah I enjoy of watching something and it's a really fun process to to get to work with the filmmakers and yeah, it's it's a it's a cool, very interesting job, and um, you know we've we've all been working remote now that everything has happened with COVID, so it's been kind of cool to see all the different ways that we can kind of accomplish the same goals, mm -hmm. just being <laughs> doing totally. this kind of stuff. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah I know. Totally. Video screen and lots of talking. Yeah. Lots of talking. <laughs> Floating heads. I know it's been such a strange year of just talking over over Zoom, but um well, I don't know. Do you guys have any projects coming up in terms of filmmaking? Like are you do you have any um I know it's kind of weird cuz COVID's happening, but like do you have any um trips planned or like uh you know um films in the books? Uh so yeah, let me give you a quick one too on where we're at right now. So Yeah. Um this season, everything's been pushed back a little bit. We're super excited to release um, a virtual kickoff of the tour starting in early March. Mm-hmm. And then we've got some awesome plans I'm not going to release quite yet about what we plan to do um, throughout the the late spring and summer across the country. Uh, but some of these films we started working on as soon as July of last year, or we got these submissions or we seek them out or we communicated with people. And yep. through this process of understanding which films are going to be in the tour, Uh, We might go through as many as one of the films this year went through about 21 different versions um, of the film before it got to where it is right now. And part of that process is working with Nick, working with our other internal network people to get like the most honest response possible. Like for the first time anglers that have never seen any sort of fishing footage that are like, why are you watching this? It's like fish eating bugs, you know, like (laughs) there's a lot of people that are like, what is the fly fishing film tour? You know? (laughs) Yeah. And and so understanding that perspective, understanding the diehard person who's guided for 30 years, their perspective and everything in between happens when you have these open conversations about what other people think about the film. Because yeah. it can't just be Nick and it just it can't just be me to say, this is what we need. This is the perfect answer. It's never that. It's how do we come up with an eclectic mix of films. And yeah. so this year's tour, we have a total of 12 um, feature length films. And we have a total of eight short films. It's the same length as the other virtual tours that we've done in the past, um, which is pretty crazy. But I mean, the amount of fishing is is really unique. And we've got some pretty fascinating stories in this year's tour, including um, just to name a couple of the different species. We've got striped bass in the Northeast. We've got steelhead in uh, British Columbia. We've got trout fishing in Utah, some of the most unique trout footage we've ever seen. Uh, we've got some some really badass older ladies that went down to Christmas Island to go fishing that run nonprofits oh, here in the states, like casting for recovery. Um, yeah. We have uh, smallmouth and uh, pike from some of the folks over at Meat Eater, and probably the most unique film that we have in this year's tour is actually a story about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who wrote That's some cool. of his most famous speeches in the Bahamas. Um, actually about four days before he was he was killed and so the story is about one of the most unique fly fishing guides probably in the world and and he's not very well known um his name is Ansel Saunders and uh his story is unbelievable he's got the world record bonefish to his name he's a fifth generation Scottish boat builder and he's met not only the Queen of England Muhammad Ali Dr Martin Luther King Jr um, but he also came up with the concept of the Super Bowl uh, as in modern day football Super Bowl history um, back in the 40s and 50s. So this story what? is fascinating and it's it's an incredible story about equality and fishing and honestly just some historically relevant, unbelievable. That's crazy, man. That's wow. that's wild. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're very very proud to have that film in this I'm year's excited tour. For that and film. For Stoked for that yeah. one. I'm stoked to see the films. I, I, I just want to put in quick, how do people, how are people going to find the films this year? Like, how can people watch? 
we're going to be having some special announcements come around the third week of February here in the States. Um, we're working with over 100 fly shops um, and even mm. more than that, if you include all of our conservation and nonprofit partners that are working with us to share the film across the States and uh, do some cool fundraisers. And um, yeah, so, you know, around the third week of February, you guys can uh, get ready for that uh, teaser stoke reel to, to come out to the public and to kind of release the bigger, broader plans of what we're doing with the films. Okay. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. Well, I mean, that's, yeah, that's, uh, everybody kind of like stay on the lookout for that because I mean, that film festival sounds amazing. You guys do a great job of curating film selections. Um, amazing content. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. F3T is awesome. Everybody will just keep an eye out because you guys seem to be really doing a lot of, uh, a lot of work and making some mm -hmm. waves, you know, like uh, I hear people talking about you all the way up here and, uh, yeah, it's cool. We're really excited to check out the films this year. It's cool to hear. Those are nice compliments from you guys. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, we're we're really looking forward to this year. This was kind of a unique situation for us. And, mm, yeah. You know the the plan we have in place, we're really confident on. And look at the at the core of everything we do since the inception of the fly fishing film tour. You know, it's been about supporting local fly shops and conservation yeah. initiatives and conservation groups. So, you know that that still remains true to this day with the film tour, which is really awesome. And it's, you know, personally, I'm sure I speak for everybody who's on our team. When I say this, it's part of the reason why we're all so proud to be a part of a, a group like this, because it, it's still about, you know, when we were coming up with our plan for how to move forward, you know, at the, the core of that plan, the center of all our discussions were how can we best benefit fly shops and you know we don't work with every fly shop in the country it would be nearly impossible you know but that's our goal you know the goal is to yeah. to help prompt people to go and to support their local fly shops those are the the backbone mm -hmm. of the fly fishing industry so it, it's cool that that's still kind of core to our yeah. mission um and you know it still rings true today and it, it still rings true with our plans for moving forward in a year where it's very <laughs> weird landscape to move forward in but we're super confident and the content is there we've got some like paul kind of gave you a rundown on them we've got some really amazing genuine authentic films that have some really cool unique stories that haven't been told yet in the the fly fishing space especially the ansel saunders and martin luther king jr one mm -hmm. and you know we're we're confident that the the content speaks for itself but with all the different fly shops we have on board, it's just such a cool thing within the industry. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Do you guys ever have people go like, what do you do? Fly fishing Ooh. film festival. Do people get freaked out by it? Cause like up here, I'm like, I'm going to go to the fly fish film festival. And people are like, there's a film festival for fly fishing. I'm like, yeah. And it's yeah. big. It's a big deal. And they're like, what? Yeah. You, you just described my family. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Right. Like, <laughs> but it's mom, amazing. The stuff that's happening, you know, Yeah, my mom every year, it's the same thing. Like you, what are you doing, honey? It's <laughs> a fly fishing film tour. Oh, that's so cool. So you show fly fishing movies. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's so good, man. Yeah. Uh, I love my mother. She's an she's an angel. She's so funny though sometimes. Yeah. I know my mom's texting me right now. She's like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a film in there, guys. I think we got to take our mom's. Fly yeah, fishing. we've we always want to take our mom's. Fly, yeah. We always talk about yeah. taking our mom's fly fishing. They comment on our Instagram more than anybody else. I'm like we got to take our mom's yeah. fishing. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Classic yeah, grandma. 100%. That's my mom. 
and <laughs> on Instagram, yeah, Instagram. Yeah, you imagine? guys have good moms if they're if they're willing to <laughs> venture into the oh, yeah. social media space and, and comment on Absolutely. your <laughs> comment on the content. Yeah. It's a lot of heart very eyes true. emojis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're very motherly, motherly emojis. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Imagine Yelma's Yelma's Aldo. That's a big yeah. bitch. Yeah, oh, exactly. Not that big. Yeah. Thank you, though. <laughs> Can you imagine all those mom fighting a redfish in Rockport? That'd be ridiculous. It'd be yeah. hilarious. She's like, she's like four feet tall. She'd be like, <laughs> she like this water bottle fighting a redfish. <laughs> Amazing. Um, okay, every episode, guys, we do uh, five questions. They're the same five questions we ask every guest. Um, and we just, they're, they're kind of just like favorites and bests kind of questions. Uh, but we like to ask them to everybody just to kind of, uh, see what people say. So we're going to ask you guys now, um, there's two of you, so I'm going to, going to go, I'll go Paul and, and then Nick. So we'll start with Paul and then Nick. Um, so five questions right now, they're called Mitchie's Fishies five. Um, cause there's five of them and my name's Mitchie and they're about fishing. Yeah, we're super creative um, here. Yeah. You know, <laughs> really kind of going Literary on. geniuses. Uh, okay. So this, this first one is, uh. What is your favorite fish and why, Paul? If you had to pick a favorite fish, what would it be? Keep in mind, you're talking to three smallmouth guys here. Yeah. Like we, we grew up catching smallmouth. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah, I guess since I said I love to fish for smallmouth, I kind of left off the fact that I love to fish for steelhead. And yeah. like, uh, when I was younger, I just wanted to catch all the fish in the entire world, and I just had this nonstop go, go, go. And as I've gotten older... That's kind of changed, and I just like standing in rivers and trying to do my best to catch fish in tough ways. So there's no fish I appreciate more than a fish that has a crazy lifestyle like a steelhead and is so difficult to catch. Amen to that, man. Steelhead <laughs> are super dope. Um, Nick, how about you? Favorite fish and why? Like, rooster fish? Maybe a bit more cliche. I would choose yeah. rooster fish without a question. Hey, right on. And partly just because that the first experience I had made such an impact on me, but you know, since having fished in other places, they're every bit as aggressive and nasty and mean and fast as a giant trevally, but they're just so weird looking. They're such cool fish. They they'll feed in deep water. They'll feed in shallow water. You know, they'll they'll beach themselves to chase sardines. They're really cool fish. So I choose them. They're so cool. So cool. I got an ignorant question. Um, okay, so the dorsal appendages that come up above there, you know, the, above them. What, like, yeah. what's that for? Is that for to, to feel uh, bait fish? I, I, you like... know what? I, I could not give you a scientific answer. I can I can definitely BS with the best yeah, of them. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I think it's aesthetic. It's just like happening. aesthetic. <laughs> I do know this. When they go into feed mode, they throw that comb mm. up. Oh, yeah? That's cool, It's man. It's very cool. So when they'll flash there. They have, like, these cool bars that go down their body. When you see them in the water, a lot of the times the comb is down, and they don't have that color, and they're just, like, a kind of silvery, shinyish mm-hmm. color, a little bit darker on top, a little bit lighter on the bottom. When they go into feed mode, they get those cool bars on their body, and they'll throw their comb up. So when they feed in shallow mm-hmm. water... You can see it come out of the water, and it looks like the comb of a rooster, and that's obviously how they got their name. Right. But yeah. I, I couldn't tell you why it's different. Hmm. Um, I get an so idea. Crazy. Yeah. Um, I think it's just a sexual adaptation, just like deer and elk have large antlers. Yeah. You know, to defend, oh, yeah. right? Like it's just a sense of competition. So whether it's like the birds of paradise in the Amazon that have beautiful right. colors to be able to attract their mate, or it's just a 
I don't think it has anything to do with defending, right, you know. Right. Like, yeah. It is. I don't think they're they're lacking or defending fish in a certain area, but I, it's got to be some sort of sexually yeah. adapted genetic mm-hmm. trait. The comb. Yeah. Because it's so badass. Like it's like Liberty Spikes. Yeah. You know, they're like uh, they're like the punks of the saltwater. So cool. Yeah. I love it, man. Rooster is super cool. Great. I like that. It's a good answer. Um, okay, so number two is if COVID wasn't a thing and. Uh, assuming it's the perfect time of year to go to this place. If you could fish anywhere in the world right now, where would you go and why? Who do you want? And we'll, let's, start with, let's, start with, let's start with Nick on this one. So Paul has some time to think. Oh, I have another cliche answer. I would go straight back to the Seychelles without, oh, okay. without, yeah, fair enough. You know, without <laughs> question. It's there, there's, you know, the five different main species that they target out there are GTs, uh, yeah. bonefish, permit, two different species of triggerfish and milkfish. But, you know, in addition to those, there are hundreds of different species that you can target on the flats and in the surf. It's, it's a, for lack of a better word, it's a magical place. It really is. It's, and you yeah. know what? It sucks. It sucks. I was talking about it because it's not feasible for people just to go over there and fish it. And that's why I say it's kind of a cliche answer, but honestly, if, if you're going to put one place on your bucket list to save up for it and do, I would highly recommend going out there to fish because it's like a, it's like a wonderland. Anything could happen at any time. There's lots of beer involved <laughs> and, and it's, it's uh 90% of the time it's sunny and really nice. nice. Yeah. I love so it. if you hit that GameStop it. stock yeah. this Stocks, week, yeah. <laughs> if you're on that Reddit tip, yeah, <laughs> sell game, and go to the same. It's not game stop anymore. It's game go. Yeah, yeah. It's going very quickly. <laughs> Amen to that. My God, uh, Paul, where would you go? Anywhere in the world? I would. Uh, I'd go to the Smith River. Uh, I've been okay. lucky enough to draw a permit for a four night, five day float. Because more, what I want more than anything, is to forget about technology, forget about everything altogether, besides being on a river with some great friends drinking beer, maybe a couple snow showers, hopefully enough sun to just, you know, get the t-shirts out, but just float down the river for five days and not yep. think or connect with anyone besides the people you're with. That's what I want. Yeah. That's, that's, so Smith River is where, where is that about? It's in Montana. Oh, that's dope. That's yeah, it's, dope. it's a well-known river at this point. There's a, there is a mine that's threatening the river itself. It's one oh, reason it's got a lot of publicity, but it is a permitted yeah. float in Montana. And Dang. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful section of river, but it's more about just getting the hell away from everybody, <laughs> yeah. having a nice campsite, and forgetting about, yep, forgetting about all of the other things that we've all been thinking about over the last yeah. few years. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, come on, come on up here. Yeah, come on up here. We got a place like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, man. Um, okay, Paul, let's start with you. What is your favorite or one of your favorite fishing memories and this is always tough yeah it's... well it's not fly fishing to be honest with you it's uh, yeah. it's ice fishing but it was it's definitely my nice. best fishing story because it's accurate um okay i was in college is about 21 years old and this guy who i knew gave me a bunch of ice fishing gear and we went up to a lake to go ice fishing just me and three of my buddies and yeah. we finished about all the beers there was five left we put them in final <laughs> one of the holes because someone's brilliant idea was the beers aren't cold enough let's put them in the ice hole whatever <laughs> yeah someone walked outside the tent take a leak they come back inside the tent 
not looking or anything, their leg goes into the hole with all the beers and their leg gets about, you know, passes knee deep because we had like a 12 inch auger. So he just goes straight in there. <laughs> all the beers were like, no, Martin, no. Uh, and we were all, we were devastated. And so we fished, we're like, all right, we'll give another 15 minutes. And my friend Jack had just like scooped out the rest of the ice in the hole and he's jigging up and all of a sudden hooks into a really nice rainbow trout, like 18 or 20 inches. And he's like oh. fighting this thing and it's just right below the hole and then she just keeps fighting it. And then all of a yeah. sudden one beer just starts floating back up. And <laughs> oh, oh, and then he's just like, we're like, leave the fish in there, Jack, leave the fish in there. So he's just like fighting the fish as much as yeah. he possibly can. And two more of the five beers we lost floated up to the top of the beer. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. The beer. That's amazing. <laughs> That's great. I love that. That's just a, yeah, I but there's so many great fish I've experienced with so many yeah. people and most of the time it's not my fish. It's it's watching somebody catch that first mm. fish yeah. uh, on a dry fly or on a swung fly or just the first species they caught and they've wanted it for a long time. That's always yeah. the best. Nice. Totally. I like that. Do you still ice fish? Like are you still uh, still out there ice fishing once in a while? I since this man, this tour this year, I haven't fished in the last like three mm. months. Yeah, just in general. <laughs> not, not not like really gone out and fished. I've done a little bit yeah. here and there, and so yeah. it's a busy season. It's just, yeah, it's, it's a busy season, man. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, Nick, what is one of your favorite fishing memories? Is up in Alaska. Um, yeah. There's a a family that I've guided the the past two years, the Jacksons. Um, super nice people. They're from Birmingham, and the it's like Paul was saying. I share the same sentiment. Like a lot of, a lot of my most treasured memories that have to do with fly fishing were other people catching fish. Um, two quick stories. I'll keep them short. Uh, so the Jacksons, we had a day out on a river called the Moraine during the salmon spawn up in Alaska, and they're yeah. the nicest, sweetest family. They're super appreciative. They're not. Uh, I, I wouldn't say I, I don't think they would consider themselves the most proficient people at fly fishing but they love coming up to alaska and they're genuinely some of the nicest people i've ever met and we had a day out on the moraine that i'll never forget with them where the mom and the daughters caught sight fish trout after trout after trout and they were having so much fun it was a very cool experience that will likely stick with me the rest of my life um, the other would be being with my brother on the metolius river um, he's just now starting to get into fly fishing and he caught his first rainbow trout on a dry fly and nice. it was very awesome. fun to, it wasn't a huge trout. It was just a memorable fish. Cool to, cool to see him get super excited about a fish that's eight inches, you know? <laughs> yeah. And like that's awesome. That's what it's about. Like <laughs> pure unbridled excitement over, you know, what people who've been fishing a long time might just like, ah, oh, whatever. But to see him be like, yo, <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was a very cool experience. Oh man. Rad. That's great. I mean, yeah, it's, it's what it's all about, right? Just like fishing with people that you love. It's fun. It's the um, appreciation. Nick, it's appreciation. And I get excited over an eight inch rainbow trout yeah. still. So, you know what I mean? Like, I'm we, like, holy we, shit. We do too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, We're all in good yeah. company. <laughs> Um, okay, Nick, uh, number four is why do you fly fish? What do you get out of fly fishing? Oh, boy. You go into the deep questions. Yeah. This is number four, baby. It's, it's Mitchie's Fishies I, I Five. It's hard-hitting shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite thing about it is that it's constantly humbling. 
Hmm. It it is yeah. very much so to me constantly humbling every time you think you you get somewhere with it it's right there to remind you that you still have so much to learn and but it like i guess it's it's taught me a lot in the sense that you realize you don't know everything and you're never going to know everything and that's okay like it i'm okay with sucking and you, that's how you learn and yeah i i really i really like that about it yeah Love that. i'm here with 100%. you on that. always something to learn <laughs> always something to learn uh, Paul, why why do you fly fish? What do you get out of it? Keeps you going back. I just I I love it for so many different reasons, but being in a boat with some great people, drinking some beers, yeah. and watching the day go by, and having opportunities to learn. Um, yeah. I just yeah I I think really the essence of why it's never gotten old or tapered out for me is the fact that there's so many different people that fly fish different ways. There's so many different mm -hmm. techniques. There's so many different flies. There's so many different species of fish and places yeah. to travel to and things to experience. So the fact that you can't ever have it all, like, you know, you'd be like, well, the fly fishing film tour has been going on for how long? How many times have you told that story? And it's like, look, every single one of those stories are different because they're told by different people in mm -hmm. a different way. And it, yeah. it is the essence that you can never... You, you can never stand in the same river twice. It's you can't yeah. You can't do the same thing over and over again the exact same way you've done it because it's a different fish it's a different beat of water flowing downstream or whatever and i know that sounds philosophical but it's it's just the fact that you can always do something new and different and you can always learn something yeah absolutely i love that 100 percent. philosophical is good you know i mean that is what it's that's you know that's what we're trying to get to with that one <laughs> um, right not dislike it yeah 100 percent. okay so the last of the mitchie's fishies five that's going to close out uh the show and we'll start with you paul is uh, what fly pattern represents you best and why? If you were a fly, what would you be? And it could be like an existing pattern. What fly would you pick? And this is a kind of a hard question. Because it's like, what are you talking about, Mitch, you maniac? No, 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 I got you. Um... <laughs> Mitch is a bomber, by the way. Look at him. I'm a bomber, yeah. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bunny leech or something like that, you know? Like... <laughs> Just a bunch of marabou on a hook. You know, man, I think I got it. Um, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and and say a beet, just a dry fly beetle pattern. Nice. Cool. Yeah, because like terrestrial flies, you don't think of them as being something a fish is going to eat all, all the time. But I feel like I'm always fucking working. <laughs> so yeah. like I'm, I'm always <laughs> present. I'm always one of those patterns that's just going to yeah. be around and be effective, but not necessarily your first mm -hmm. pick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. That's, That's great. That's a great answer. <laughs> just, I love that. You just man. sit in the fly box, being like, you know, should work. Yeah, you know what? It's probably gonna <laughs> you, work. You know, yeah, like, <laughs> That's the best selection. <laughs> we'll try. I love it, man. I love it. I love it. Nick, you just ran and gar grabbed a fly box. I think you've got a fly in mind. What I fly would even, you? Be? I didn't even grab a fly box. It's like my. I keep my passport and captain's license in it, but I've kept yeah. two very special beat up goofy flies and when you asked that question i was like i know the answer instantly <laughs> yeah if, if i were a fly i would be a cheeseburger crab now let me, nice. that's the first let me, let me explain this it's yeah. uh it looks like yeah. this so it's got like furry oh, yeah. foam on top yeah but it's a non-traditional crab it's got goofy orange mm -hmm. eyes that's why yeah. the, the guy who made it his name is jeff he's a it's a really good fly tyrant 
and fisherman. Super cheesy. Got the guy. weird orange eyes. It's got a little brown <laughs> curly tail, silly legs. So this. Fly, I took a picture of it, by the way. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. It's it's, it's it's a very weird non-traditional fly, and I can I can kind of associate with that. I'm a very goofy person. Paul will be the Paul will back me up on this. Like goofy weird dude, and like I don't know. This, this resonates right. with me. I love it. Great it's, answer. I love it. It's just, yeah, it's just, yeah. Those are great answers, man. Those are such awesome patterns. We mm-hmm. never heard those on the show before. Definitely not the cheeseburger. Actually, I don't think anybody's picked a terrestrial. No one's picked a terrestrial, I don't think. No, like stimmies and stuff, but no. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, that's it, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Like, Let's give you a second to plug anything you want to plug with plug. F3T. Like, is there anything you want the people to know? Anything you want the people to know? I mean, you know, where to find it, all that stuff. Closing assuming, remarks. Assuming the 3rd of February date or the March 1st date? Whichever one, probably the March 1st date. I can do both real quick. I just finished, let's do both. I just finished like two days of nonstop filming with the with Ben, the huge fly fisherman. Have you guys seen him before? Oh, On no. YouTube. Oh, huge fly fisherman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge fly fisherman. Yeah. Yeah. They like stag these like huge fly fisherman stickers like on yes. people's vehicles all around the country like this guy's definitely <laughs> a huge fly fisherman. i'm a huge fly fisherman yeah yeah yeah, I see yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's yeah. been like two days so like i'm in plug mode right now i've been saying the same yeah. thing over and over and Perfect. Over. <laughs> yeah. he's rehearsed i love it um keep your eyes tuned for the 2021 fly fishing film tour we have a total of 12 independently full feature length films and eight shorts with fish coming from every single major destination around the entire United States and international destinations abroad, you're not going to want to miss. You're not going to want to miss the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. film with key star Ansel Saunders. Some of his incredible stories with the Queen of England, Margaret Thatcher, or just Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, check out FlyFilmTour.com to learn more about what we're doing to help support local fly shops, conservation groups, and nonprofit partners around the states. I love it. That's amazing. It's so that's the perfect plug. Oh my god! Can I get a final Looking plug right. in? <laughs> please, Nick, please jump in. The 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 final plug is uh, for you guys to come down to Florida and fish. Mitch, you have my email. Yeah. Yeah. Hope no. you guys reach out and it's something we can make work for you guys. Oh yeah, we can make it work. That'd be awesome. You guys out here to do some fishing. Paul could come down. Like, Damn, oh, yeah. excited to to show you guys this area and at the very least get out on the water and drink some beer yeah definitely man hell yeah when these, we're super into that when these borders, when as soon as we can we will go man when these borders open back up i'm it's like oh it's gonna be crazy <laughs> we're, gonna go, it's gonna we're crazy. gonna go visit everybody in the states but yeah, also i will fun, throw man. that to you and you guys should come up here maybe one time yeah because uh, i mean we've got great fishing in and around the toronto area but we could take you like paul if you're looking to have no service we go to the we go to a region called tomogamy every year a couple times and uh, we go into the backcountry portaging and looking, looking, at, looking to run into some pretty big brook, brook trout. So, if you want to oh, not use yeah. your phone <laughs> for a while, Absolutely. we got just the place. Just the place. <laughs> we got, we got a really good sense of what you guys were like in the film you made. We really loved it, and you know. Oh, thanks. It, it, we had a lot of some. We didn't have as many submissions as we have in a normal year, but I think you know it was it was just so great because you guys are who you are it was fun you're always having a good time you're doing cool things you're making life work the way you want it to work so i mean honestly just to hang out with you guys in general be a pleasure and to go fishing with you and hang out and drink beers in a place with no phone service done done. let's make it happen i'm going to make you some beer mosa yeah beer bosa (laughs) yeah beer mosas yeah we're down we're down 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, that'll be good. And we're actually heading back yeah, to we're going uh, back there. Estagami Lodge. Yeah, in the spring to to take do take two of that trip. So uh, we'll definitely uh, sweet. Good you know, for you guys. guys. Posted on how that one goes. Yeah, yeah. they actually but definitely um, got to connect. We got to connect. Yeah, we got to connect for yeah. sure. Wait, I think it's very serendipitous that your names are Paul Nicoletti and Nicholas Paul. I just wanted to point it out. I feel like I feel like Paul's name. Oh yeah, well, jo- look at that. Jones, Paul, Nicoletti, just to complete the. Yeah, you're like the inverse of each other. <laughs> Trifecta. I love it. I didn't know. I've never even thought of that, Nick. I... There you go. It's funny you say that. I've got a video of last year with Nick Jones met another Nick Jones in Missoula, Montana, at one of our shows. Whoa. What? Your name's Nick Jones? My name's Nick Jones. Immediate friends for the rest of the night. The next five hours, they're drinking beer. Did we Arms just become best friends? I ruined so this good. guy's first date. with. I thought they were... I mean, admittedly, I was a little drunk the, the time I met him, and I pulled up next to him both on the bar, and I was ordering my drink, and, well, you guys fly fish at all? I mean, yeah. Oh, we just put on the F3T. Did you guys get a chance to see it? And we just started talking, so... Before we know it, I find out he's got the same name as me. So we start, he starts, oh, I feel bad saying this, but he, he kind of just started ignoring this girl because we were getting so excited that we had the same name and we started talking. But he goes to the bathroom. So I like him saying to his girlfriend, like, hey, we appreciate you like sharing your husband for a little bit. Like, this has been cool chatting with him. Like, this has been cool. And she's like, as far as I'm concerned, you can have him. Like, this is our first date together. And this is so poorly thought, oh, no. <laughs> that's hilarious I the day it. i meet another yilma i swear oh, to god man. <laughs> yeah that's, that's yeah, right man. that's true actually yeah unfortunately <laughs> nick jones is our dime a dozen <laughs> <laughs> amazing well guys yeah it's been a blast chatting and let's definitely keep in touch and uh look forward to hitting the water together but again thanks for coming on the show yeah thank you guys really, for having man. us it's a real awesome. thanks guys yeah, great Florida. meeting you wow what cool guys i love those guys yeah, there's awesome guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those guys are super nice. Wow, like uh, super cool guys. Definitely, mm-hmm. definitely want to connect with them and go fishing 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many cool trips we could do. Like we could just all descend upon. I know. Um, you know, like all descend upon. Well, I'm telling you, man, once I sell all this GameStop yeah. and AMC stock I'm, I'm holding, like. Air Canada. Don't you have Nokia, Air Canada? Nokia. Whatever else, whatever else the internet's <laughs> trying to turn around. <laughs> then we're we're going fishing, guys. We're gonna buy a boat. Yeah. We're gonna buy an RV, and we're just gonna go. Buy we're just gonna TV. go fishing. Buy a TV. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna. Oh go my fish. god! Great show. Go. F3T is super cool. Those guys are awesome. I love uh, what they're all about. You know, like I think they're just they're just super they're super mm-hmm. nice, mm-hmm. super nice guys. Mm-hmm. And F3T is packed full of great content, and it gets better and better every year. Um, yep. I think when they said like you know. I think Paul was like, um, yeah, people are like, oh, isn't it just the same thing every year? And it's like, no, it's not. Like, obviously it gets better every year because, you know, they, they, everybody gets better with the filmmaking and just what they decide to, how they decide to curate the, the festival changes. So yeah, so like, it's just every year is just an improvement like everything else. And, um, definitely check them out this year and, and keep an eye on our channel as well, you know, on Instagram at the SoFly Crew, cause we'll be posting about, um, you know, updates from them. We hundred percent want to share and, um, and, totally. And just you know, yeah. C- continue. Um, yeah, I know. Supporting in the past, uh, in the past, it's been hosted at um, the Sportsman Show in Mississauga, but obviously this year's going to be way different. And and who knows? Maybe maybe we can pull something off, or you can just watch it online, <coughs> which will be really cool. 
Definitely. 100%. You have, yeah. You know, be really cool. And I think, you know, it'd be really fun to do a drive in type of thing. Like if we hosted something at Bean Park in Paris, you know, when COVID's over and we just put up a big inflatable screen and we get a burger truck down there and oh, some yeah. beer spot like Muskoka to come out and sell beers. And we just all go to the park and drink beers and eat cheeseburgers and watch fly fishing films. Doesn't that sound fun? Sounds fun. Eh, that sounds, sounds so fun. Was, Under the hey, stars in the hey. summer. And then, you know, we could spend the afternoon, we could spend the evening casting from Smallmouth and then next day, man, we could just, we just, well, just sleep yeah. in Bean Park, wake up and go fishing. Yeah. No you sleeping okay with that? bags. Town of no Paris? tents. <laughs> no sleeping bags or tents. Just sprawl it out on the lawn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other people's lawns, actually. I'll yeah. just other people's, other people's lawns without asking. Or knock on the door. They open it, walk in, sleep on their couch. We're gonna come to Bean. We're gonna come to Paris, sleep <laughs> in people's houses, and watch fly fishing movies. Doesn't that sound fun? <laughs> <laughs> Seven thirty-seven on a Sunday night. We're losing our friggin' minds. I need to eat some salmon cakes. I got from Lox and Schmier. I'm gonna eat oh, some salmon nice, cakes. Man. Yeah, nice. Yeah. I think we're having a uh, uh, Brie made. Uh, Kale salad with uh, pancetta and little homemade Ooh. croutons. Oh, man. I know. That sounds good. I'm having salmon cakes and some mac and cheese. Um, Yelma, what are you eating tonight? What microwave pizza are you having? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at him over there. He's slowly looking <laughs> down as he realizes it's true. He's just going to dip into a bag of croutons with a spoon. <laughs> some crunchy. What's, what, what's that called? Ready crisp bacon? Ready crisp bacon. Yeah. You're just going <laughs> to... Toss totally. in some ready crisp bacon. <laughs> and put it in a tortilla. I bought shrimp. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> that's a step in the right direction. Sorry, you bought some shrimp. There, yeah. Bought some yeah. shrimp. Bought well, some actually, shrimp. that's a good point, Yoma. You just brought up something interesting. We upgraded our platforming. And yeah, we can use our studio any- and we can use our studio mic. So hopefully everybody's enjoying the upgraded sound quality. Hopefully it's better for everybody, you know. Um it's certainly better for us. It sounds amazing. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. So hopefully everybody likes it. But everybody, like, check out the show notes for any details on F3T. Check out the mm-hmm. SoFly crew channels for F3T. And then just mm-hmm. check out F3T. They're on Instagram. They've got way big yeah. following and all kinds of stuff on the website. We'll put everything in the show notes. Google yeah, you can... F3T, you know, and you'll find all their info. Yeah, um, and you can watch uh, past doing. films on their website and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Check out all their past films. I mean, you could if you haven't seen them, like... Geez, you got you're in for some treats if you like fly fishing films. Which, um, how can how could you, not? you not? It's fun. It's fun to sit back and watch oh, yeah, fly fishing, absolutely. amazing places. Um, I'm probably gonna go watch them tonight actually with my uh, salmon cakes and uh, yeah. Get your ready, Chris Bacon, Yoma, and watch some watch some movies. Yeah. Thanks, man. Tuck in, yeah, yeah, tuck into some films. You guys have some um, significant others to watch those films with. I have uh, a little blankie. Well, everybody at home, thanks for listening. And, um... <laughs> and on that depressing note, um, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh... Yeah, right. Everybody at home, yeah. But uh, honestly, uh, Paul and Nick, thanks so much for coming to the show. It was great to uh, to chat. Nick, it was great to meet you. Paul, it was great to catch up. And uh, definitely we'll connect uh, when we can. And thanks for coming on the show. Everybody at home, thanks for listening. That is it for me, Mitch Aldo. Bye, everybody. Ilma. See ya. Everybody listening, thanks. And take care. So weird, see ya. Take <laughs> <laughs> care. You can find all of SoFly's content at SoFly.ca. Reach out via email by sending your questions or comments to info at SoFly.ca. Find him on Instagram at the SoFly Crew. Thank you for listening. Computer person out. <laughs>